Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On today's episode of the Bolts broadcast, special teams are oh so special. Be tuned. Season 3, episode 26 of the Bolts broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Crawshaw joining you today. Chase, how are you feeling on this lovely Wednesday afternoon at 4.37 p.m. Eastern Time? I'm good overall, but I just thought of something. Oh, boy. So It's never good when Chase is thinking. Shut the hell up. We did WNP before this. So we normally we do WNP afterwards. We did WNP before this. That's correct. And we were comparing the rookie classes. Yeah. You just completely ignored tight ends. Tight ends aren't good. And then that, Kyle just, Pitts versus Kyle Pitts and Pat Fryermuth versus Cole Komet. Oh. <laughs> Whoa, that's huge. Sorry, that, that that just I just saw Kyle Kyle Pitts thing and say, like, oh, we didn't talk about tight ends, so we might as well talk about it here real quick. We're done. All right, move on. There we go. Okay, but I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really well. Uh, we had a decent episode. It was it was really long. It was long. Uh, a little bit longer than usual. But hey, if you want to, you know, figure out what we were talking about when we were uh, comparing. Rookie classes, make sure to head over to the WNP Sports Pod on Twitter. We will have that episode out when you're hearing this. But anyways, Chase, on today's episode of the Bulls broadcast, we got some stuff to talk about, including the uh, little ownership stuff we were talking about when it came to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Going to be doing a game review preview. Uh, Other side of the commercial break, going to be talking about the NHL and their plans when it comes to COVID and the scheduling and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah. That's really going to be the episode, probably a little bit shorter, but not uh, not going to be like next episode. Our next episode is going to be more fun, a little short, but Chase is actually going out of town tomorrow. So we're recording two now for you. And uh, yeah, the next episode, a little shorter, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it, it should be a good one. I'll, I'll enjoy it. It'll, it'll be a, a good just change of pace, a nice, easy listen. Absolutely. All right, Chase. Jeff Vinnick officially sells a minority share of the Lightning to a private equity firm. What's that all about? Yeah, so we talked about this, I don't know, two, three weeks ago, whenever it was, that yep. it was, you know, possibly happening. Sure enough, it's done. It's nothing too major, but, you know, worth mentioning that firm is Arctos, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, it's really not going to change anything. It, like, Vinnick's going to still run the team the exact same way. Nothing new there. Uh, just someone that's you know, putting a little more money in as well as obviously earning a little bit more money like from that too. So like Vinix can earn less money, but he kind of gets, you know, more upfront money with, you know, that purchase. So, it, you know, it's not going to change anything. It's not, nothing like a big, huge deal, but right. still something, you know, worth mentioning when the team that we cover changes ownership a little bit. Yeah. Minority share, which is great. Uh, I know that sometimes when there's a majority share, a lot of things change really mm-hmm. quickly. Uh, you look at Carolina and Tom Dundon, their ownership and how, He's interested in paying, you know, general managers and coaches and everything about 50K a year. So he's so lucky 
that that team was already drafting well, and yeah. that Rod the Bod was just an alumni of that team. What a beauty. So lucky. Like, t- take over the Arizona Coyotes, he's fired in six months. Not fired, sorry. Forced out of the league in six months. Well, the Arizona Coyotes are already on track for that. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair. Barely even able to stay in their arena because of some mispaid bills, but they paid some money up front. They're staying in there for at least a little bit longer. Calgary might be on the move, though. You see that? I didn't. So... I, I didn't even put it in the documents. I'm bringing it up real quick since we're talking about this. Um, they, you know, there's an issue between them and, and the city of Calgary. Um, and the deal for a stadium, it came down to the Flames saying no over a $9.7 million difference. In the scope of like $600 million, what is another $9.7 million one way or another? Yeah. On either side. How, how do you not come into resolution on that amount of money? Mm-hmm. Where I saw a tweet, conversely, Calgary Flames paid Troy Brower $6 million to play for them, then $54 million not to pay for play for them. So, oh, so you know, when you compare money that way, you know, yep. are they, they're spending in the right places, obviously, with Troy Brower, but, you know, stadium, no, 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 no. Chase, we're talking priorities here. Yeah, you need to get fair. yours straight before you look at Calgary's. That's fair. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's talk about Riley Nash. He finds himself on waivers. Yeah, he might get claimed, might not, who knows. I would probably lean on the no side if he fell all the way to Tampa last time and yep. he can wait again. So I would assume that he's getting prepared to go down, which could mean a possible upcoming return for Nikita Kucherov, which would be Uh-oh. fantastic. You know, he should be near the point where he's getting ready to play. Um, You know, if he can get in here somewhat soon, that would be awesome. We, we, we want to see him play. Of course, you know, if the Olympics were going, we want to see him in the Olympics, but they're not. So hopefully he can, you know, get some games in here. He's a decent player. He's okay. Um, I want to look after this after the show where we're at with Jack Eichel too, because imagine a night where Jack Eichel and Kucherov return the same night. It'd be great, and they're versing each other, Vegas versus Tampa. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be yeah. that'd be too perfect. Yeah, highly doubt that, but that'd be really cool. All right, game review, game preview. We talked about the last couple of games. You know, not been great for our Tampa Bay Lightning, but we changed that around with the game on Tuesday night. That being against the Blue Jackets, a big seven to two victory. The game was just dominated by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, we're a lot better than they are. Andre Pilat, he had... You could have ended it there, I'll be honest. Okay, that's fair. Because, you know, it's just facts. Yeah, yeah he, he, he had a good one. Um, so that was three points for the night, two goals and assists. If I'm not mistaken, right? That's what the numbers came up yep. to. Um, yeah, so he had a good one first start of the game. I mean, it was just Tampa from top to bottom, maybe a little bit on the left, maybe a little bit on the right, and sometimes in the center. Yeah, and the intro was special teams are oh so special. Last episode, I called out Tampa because their special teams weren't performing at the highest level, at least in the game against uh, the New York Rangers, one of the games, I should say. Um, tonight, 3 for 4 on the power play, oh for th- or, uh, 3 for 3 on the penalty kill. They were phenomenal. So it's good to see that unit really booming. And, hell, you put Nikita Kucherov in there, that's probably 4 for 4 on the power play. That's fair. Uh, so a great game, the first win in four games. So that's a little bit rough, but getting back on the right track with seven goals is awesome. Thursday night, <laughs> we've got the Calgary Flames visiting Amelie with the Tampa Bay Lightning obviously hosting. This is a 7 p.m. game. What do we expect out of this matchup? Calgary's been pretty good this year. Johnny Gaudreau's very good. Jacob Markson's playing really well. I'd assume it's a best goalie against best goalie matchup. I would say Tampa's the better team here. I think Tampa is going to win as well, but I think this will be actually a super entertaining hockey game. I think it's going to be 
a lot of offense driven, but not necessarily maybe a lot of offense scored, but a lot of creative plays where the goalies are, you know, they're, they're making the desperation saves, you know, just, just I, I think it's just going to be a really entertaining game through and through that Tampa comes out on top of. Just comparing, like, in the last five games, points, you got Johnny Gaudreau at the top with eight, Braden Point at the top with eight, Gaudreau with four goals, Point with four goals. Uh, assists are four to five, plus minus is more in favor of Calgary, but even looking at the goaltending competition, Everything looks so close here. So Calgary really playing well. Um, the last 10 games, 5-4-1 for Calgary, 6-3-1 for Tampa. Both teams having a little bit of a slow streak here recently. So it's going to be a close one. It's going to be an exciting one. Obviously, I'm going with Tampa. Being at home with the fans in the re- in the arena, it's going to be a good one. Do you remember Brandon Peary at all? I do. So there's one season, Brandon Peary. I think he had 22 goals and two assists in the year. Well, That's how Andrew Mangiapan. Mangiapani. Mangiapan. is currently at 18 goals and three assists through 31 games. Imagine if this guy finishes with just 35 goals and six assists. That'd be weird. It'd be awesome. It'd be like, uh, oh, NHL 21 franchise where you had players putting up 72 goals and like 30 assists. I literally had, I remember I had a player score 60 goals and not finish point per game. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, by the way. Last episode, we talked about how, you know, the NHL franchise kind of meh, and I haven't really gotten my hands on it. I finally did yesterday. You did get your hands on it, and you played it for like three hours. Yeah, played a little franchise mode. You guys wanted to play EASHL, and I decided, no, I'm good. You should have played. We had a great time, especially the last game. Lost like 12 to 1. Oh, no. We we, we were all shot 25 to 20, but all they did was score glitch goals, and I refused to play glitch goals Mm -hmm. because I'm not a noob. I, I like to try to play the real way, but they it was threes, and they only did good goals. It's always threes. You guys love threes so much. Well, I don't want to play four computers on the ice. If we had another human, I would have played sixes. Three computers I can live with, you know, like counting the goalie. I got to get in that. We just play threes. The, re- the return of Mike playing goalie is coming. Eight games ago. Yeah, <laughs> but still, it's coming. All right, let's talk about Saturday night's game. This is between Boston and Tampa. Yet again in Tampa. What do we expect out of this one? I'll tell you right off the bat, I expect a Tampa victory. I expect a Tampa victory as well. Uh, Swayman sucks. Not really. He's been okay, but like still nothing special. Allmark, you know, he's, he's been like good as well too. You know, like they've both been like good goalies, not like bad. And the team's played solid in front of them. Nothing like unreal spectacular, but they definitely played good. They're still a quality hockey team. Someone that's in, you know, competition for one of the best in the league. Uh, Marshawn can still eat one for all I care, but it should be, you know, a pretty entertaining game. And I will say that the two games we've looked at so far, Calgary and Boston, those are games Tampa could reasonably drop. Yeah. I fully expect them to win and hope that they win, but reasonably it could happen. Mm hmm. Now, the next two games we're going to look at, you can't be dropping these, especially getting on, you know, later point in the season. You can't be dropping a game to New Jersey. You can't be dropping a game to Buffalo. Yeah, I'm going to have to guess that we see Vasilevsky against New Jersey, and then we see um, Elliott against uh, Buffalo. So it really shouldn't matter who plays the other game. Maybe it matters a little more just because Vasilevsky and not against Jack Hughes, who... We're talking about in this next episode that we're recording after this, but like that, this dude has officially broken yeah. out. Like, He's exploded on the yeah. scene. I've I've talked about it that it was it was coming, it was bound to happen. It's finally happened. Dude is just a special talent. I, you know, he's the offense is going to come a little more as the team gets a little better too. He's still just you know one point shy of a game at the moment through seventeen. 
Um, or actually, no, I, I did the math completely wrong. He has exactly 17 points, 17 games. There we go. Um, yeah, it's okay. You know, I'm a big math guy, but not when I'm running on fumes here. Mm-hmm. I'm freaking exhausted. But Jack Hughes is supremely good and is finally, you know, showing that he can be an elite player once he, if he can get paired with an elite goal scorer, like someone that you can count on for 35 a year, like Jack Hughes is going to put up Art Ross at numbers. And why is it that whenever New Jersey has some good performances, Jesper Bratt always seems to find himself on that line? Because he's awesome. I love Jesper Bratt. Yeah, he's, he's one of those guys I always look for in shell franchises. But uh, New Jersey's goaltending, really weak. And this is one that I expect it to be, I don't know, maybe a 5-2 to two game. Jack Hughes getting two points. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. All right, Tuesday night's game. This is between Tampa and Buffalo, and we are previewing a little bit further out because, of course, we said earlier on the next episode, not really going to be doing too much, um, but Tampa versus Buffalo. Rasmus Dahlin's looked better. Rasmus Dahlin has looked better, but, I mean, that's really the bright spots of Buffalo. It's Dahlin and Ukrapekalukunen finally getting called up and playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. That's kind of about it. I would assume that he gets the draw as well. He's their best goalie at the moment. You know, keep in mind, we did lose 5-1 to one earlier in the season to Buffalo. That's when Buffalo started off the season hot. You know, the, like the best team in the league. Not literally, but they did start off the season pretty well and yep. then dropped off. And I really don't think it's going to be too much of a competition. I Like, it, you're going to have to go out there and, com- and compete your ass off. Don't get me wrong. Like, they still have, you know... Kyle Post is scoring 21 points so far this year. They still have Victor Olofsson. They still have Jeff Skinner, who's elite at hockey. Um, Tage Thompson's having a kind of breakout year. Like, they have some talent, but it's just still nowhere near where we are. You want to know the definition of Buffalo Sabres hockey? What's that? Uka Pekalukunen has a 9-2-7 save percentage through seven games, but he's only won two of them. Yep. Yep. So, with, with that'll the, tell you it all. Yeah, he's just... He's playing good while he's been up. He's an incredibly talented goalie. Watch this kid play in the O. He's he's special. He's just on a very bad team. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it for our preview. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. On the other side of the commercial break, going to be talking how the NHL plans to deal with COVID. And then we also got to talk about a trade that happened today that we haven't mentioned yet. But we'll do that here in just a bit. Hockey fans, the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brain offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available yet in your state, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long, with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Breaking news. That's eh, not that breaking. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got you all hyped up during the break. All right, before you do that, though. Okay. Shout out to our friends at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the yes, show. Absolutely. Make sure to head over there if you have any sports betting needs. All right. 
It's it's kind of breaking. Uh, it, I just saw it. Uh, if my leg doesn't break right now, I'm going to be pissed. All right. Um, I Don't kick cro- me, though. I got this crowbar. It's the breaking news. Oh. But the other news is that Tuka Rask is signing a PTO with, with Providence, the American Hockey League, this week, meaning that he's getting ready to come back to the NHL. There we go. With the Boston Bruins, of course. Really? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Oh, that's insane. Yeah, so it looks like we might be seeing a Tuka return. There we go. That'd be really cool, uh, especially with the team he's made his name. Yeah. Uh, all right, the trade that we wanted to talk about really quickly, not a huge trade, not a groundbreaking trade, but I figured we'd talk about it because it deals with a top 10 pick from a couple drafts ago, and that's that Sam Lafferty is heading over to Chicago with Alex Nylander going back to Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's it's kind of a small trade, but kind of not at the same time. It's just right. a couple faces moving. You know, Lafferty's borderline NHLer. Nylander currently is kind of a borderline NHLer, but someone who had a lot of offensive upside in his draft year. I have a lot of faith in him. I think this is a trade that's very much worth taking for the Pittsburgh Penguins, but it's also telling that if Nealander has been moved twice already after being an eighth overall pick, uh, I think it's what he was, his eight. Yeah. Then, um, you know, if he's already been moved twice at this young age, it's not a great sign, which things can always change in a new scene, but it's still not a great sign. I agree. Um, he's only 23 years old. So, again, like you said, not a bad risk to take. Yeah. And when looking at Chicago and Buffalo and some of their prospects that have come up recently, I'm not too confident that either of those teams can really put to use uh, Nylander in the best way, which maybe Pittsburgh can, but we don't know. We haven't seen a Pittsburgh prospect come up since Sidney Crosby. Like they, they, yeah, but he kind of got brought up in Toronto. just they haven't had any prospects in forever, so yeah, it's, uh, it's an older team. That's what they do. It'd be cool to see Nylander ride the ship, but if it doesn't happen, then hey, it was only cost Sam Lafferty. Yeah, I, I think Nylander didn't like he didn't play games last year. I think it was because he was injured, so he's played only in the American League this year, and the injury you know has got a part to do with it. But now they trade to Pittsburgh. Maybe they'll call him up and just leave him, you know, as a scratch right now. Maybe find his way in the lineup. Maybe they'll send him down. Who the hell knows? Yeah. All right, well, let's continue on, talk about the NHL and what their plan is for the rest of the season. Obviously, we've had a lot of COVID stuff, and uh, the Olympics were coming up, but you know, no longer being a part of that. So what does the NHL plan to do with the remaining schedule? So right now, games are still being rescheduled, of course, but the plan is to still finish the season on time. You know, That leaves them a short time for them to try to, try to reschedule these games that you know are being made up. But they can be made up over the Olympic break. They can be made up on breaks here and there throughout the year. It just means that some teams, you know, like the Islanders who have missed a bunch, they're probably going to have some three and fours, maybe some four and fives down the road, which is going to suck. It's kind of, you know, we, we saw this type of thing happening last year um, and in the year before. It, it really just like, you know, it, it's tough to play that much hockey that quickly. Mm-hmm. But you kind of got to do what you got to do. Um, the plan is, though, to still finish on time. And that's good. I, I much prefer the... Uh, classic route of, you know, the draft being in June and hockey starting right back up in September, October time. So uh, I'm happy with that, even if it means, you know, players might be getting banged up a little bit more. I agree. And it's, uh, hopefully nothing serious happens with right. injuries. But it's worth mentioning as well that um, in Canada, the provincial government of at least Ontario, I don't know about where else, they've, you know, they've shut down indoor athletic facilities for non-elite level hockey so that, like, they're jun- the junior A, like the OJHL, they don't consider that elite. They don't get to play um, youth hockey. doesn't get to play all this stuff. So, you know, that's just the next step towards a possibly being the NHL next where you can't you can't go in there. Um, so hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully they can continue to play. 
Uh, it, it, it would just be a tough blow if they can't. But, you know, we might get to the point where we stop seeing fans in stadiums. Maybe um, games continue to get canceled. I really have a hard time believing that they're going to stay on track to finish on time. But I really hope they do. Do you think that if we lived in Canada that our pond hockey league would be considered elite? Yeah, obviously. Okay. Gross. I just wanted to make sure because that would be heartbreaking. <laughs> I'm glad that, you know, we're not in Canada. That, but That reminds me. I saw this. Um, I don't know who posted it. It was a current NHLer, but David Perron. It was on his Instagram. In Quebec, they went around like locking hockey nets that were out left outside people's ponds. They'd lock the government would lock them together with like chain locks. So Why? you can play. So you can play hockey. That's outside of your of your local pond. Criminal. That's criminal yeah. of the government. What is that? That's ridiculous. That is just terrible. That made me very mad when I saw that. I gotta go find that. That post by Pro. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to find it and, show, and send it to you. All right. Winter Classic. Big game. Well, the Winter Classic was a classic. A, a big game, especially for NHL viewership. Uh, the most viewed regular season game this year. 1.4 million. You know, that's, that's good for the NHL. To be fair, though, it was the first game of the year. <laughs> the <season. laughs> Got him. Got him. Noob. But, um, you know, it, it, it's a good it's a good. That's a good number for the NHL, 1.4 million being on, I think it was on TNT, right? Yeah. So we're kind of random network to be on. It's kind of stupid that they can play on ESPN. They got to show college football games, which I understand. But at the same time, like you, you bought the rights to this, put, like, put it on a, on a more prominent network that people know sports are going to be on. Yeah. So to do that on TNT is pretty good. I'm happy with that. Uh, I, I'm overall pretty happy with ESPN in terms of how they've promoted the game. But I'm very unhappy with how they're actually like streaming the game because like there's situations where guys go on the road, they test positive in, in the road games, they quarantine the hotel, and they can't even watch like their their team play because you can't. The game's not on local TV; it's on ESPN Plus only. Oh, and ESPN Plus is blacked out in this area because you're near the game. Like it's it's stupid. It makes no sense. ESPN's doing done a pretty bad job of the broadcasting, but the promotion I've actually been okay with. Yeah, ESPN Plus is. That's an interesting one. It like, is. it's not a, what is it, 10 bucks a month? I think it's like six or something weird like that. I don't even pay that much. So it's not a huge price, but at the same time, like, you should be able to watch your nationally yeah. televised games. Like, like if, if it's being shown in there, you got to be able to watch it. Like, it makes no yeah, sense. Your home games, you should be able to watch. Uh, anyways, Kel McCarr, uh, decent little player at best. Yeah. Uh, he had quite a goal. And you you have here goal of the year already. I'd argue the uh, what's his name, Trevor Zegras, Sonny Milano goal. No, this is of the year twenty twenty two, not the uh, season. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, See, I pull the same stuff you do. So he he did a little you know thing and scored a pretty nice goal. Yeah, it it was nice. It was you know he's wheeling around the offensive zone, goes behind the net, kind of goes up the wall and does a little boop. I'm gonna pull a quick one eighty, go the other way. Yeah. Drive to the net, do a little toe drag, boom, find this little hole, put it in. It was really nice, but it's not going to finish at the goal of the year at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a very nice goal, something very impressive, something I could never do. But there will be nicer goals scored in the NHL. It was McDavid-esque. Yeah. Like, do you think that Kale McCarr is the closest to Connor McDavid when it comes to, like, speed, skill, edges? You know, At least that? as a defenseman, for sure. Um, forwards, you know, I still am going to say that's Nathan McKinnon. Like in terms of the type of player, mm-hmm. um, you know, I still think Austin Matthews is the second best player, but the type of player, Nathan McKinnon's the closest. But for defenseman, Kale McCarr is far and above that guy. He's crazy. Yeah. All right, let's look at the standings and statistics real quick before you go on there. 
When was the last time you looked at standings? Uh, the other day, like two, three days ago. Okay, well then, perfect, because I got a quiz for you. Who is the number one team in the whole league right now? As of recording, so this is January 5th on Wednesday. As of recording, who is the number one team in the league? Let's go with the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's the Tampa Bay Lightning. It is right now? Right? Look at that. I, I didn't realize we got back up to the point. Yeah, we dropped a couple and still found our way back in first place. Got a couple games on some of the teams close to us. Two games over Florida. They're only one point back, but still sitting in first. You'd love to see it. That's good stuff. Man, uh, some of these teams only play 29, 28 games. Like, sorry, continue. How about without looking at your phone? I'm looking up again. I was looking at the games played only. Who's got the best goal differential in the league? I'd probably say Lightning do as well. No, they are actually like 10th or 12th. I don't I don't know who else would off the rip. Let me just give it to you? Yeah. The Carolina Hurricanes. Icky. Yeah, doing well. All right, well, when we look at the divisions, you've got the New York Rangers at the top with Washington and Carolina in the Metro, Tampa, Florida, and Toronto at the top for the Atlantic, Nashville, St. Louis, Colorado for the uh, the Central, and then Pacific, Vegas, Anaheim, Calgary. What's the biggest surprise out of the guys at the top of the divisions? Probably the Vegas you know, you know the song "Tub Thumping" by Chumbawamba. I get knocked down, but I get up again. And everybody keep me down. Uh, you know, that's kind of what happened here. They looked like, oh, they are slumping hard. A lot of injuries, not looking good, and they figured it back out again. So they they are probably the team I would have to mention here. Yeah, Anaheim, I think, has impressed quite a bit. I mean, we've seen throughout the season that Anaheim's been a better team than everyone expected. But yeah. when you compare to you know right off the rip, I think everyone had them in their bottom three with yep. San Jose and Los Angeles. Oh, that's fair. Uh, looking at the bottom of the league, any surprises here? I mean, Arizona being at the bottom, that's not a surprise. We all knew that was going to be coming, but anyone else that you're a little bit shocked by? I can't believe Arizona's at six wins, honestly. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Montreal only being at seven through 34 games is low. I had low expectations, but... But not that low? That that meme, our expectations were low, but holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's me for towards Montreal right now. Um, I wouldn't say it's too surprising to me, but after Seattle's draft, I was really not a fan. And I know some people were like, hey, they could be in a playoff spot. They could be, you know, very middle of the pack when it comes to the NHL. Um, I was a little bit lower and they are currently sitting 29th, only 24 points for 33 games. It was a team that I know some analytic models really loved and I was not a fan. Um, I like to rely on analytics as an argument piece when, when I'm looking at hockey, but at the end of the day, I know good hockey when I see it. I know the right moves when I see it. I very much trust my instincts on, on hockey over anything else. The analytics are just a good backup piece. Mm-hmm. And what you saw when the team was drafted that like it just did not look like it was going to be the right fit. The head coach didn't look like he was going to be the right choice, and it's kind of shown to be that way so far. Yeah, definitely a tough team. Uh, All right, if we want to go over to stats now, we can look at some of the league leaders. Uh, Obviously, the two Edmonton boys both sitting very high on this list. Connor McDavid, 53 points. Leon Dreisaitl, 52. Are you happy McDavid's above uh, Dreisaitl now? So, you know. No, I want Oh, no, Dreisaitl's on point. They matter. No, I wanted Leon to be higher. Well, he might be because, you know, McDavid's not. I think they play tonight, and McDavid's not playing tonight because of COVID protocol. Um, I don't know how long. I don't know if he's going to be out for, like, Couple days, couple weeks, couple years—I don't know. Yeah, but I assume only a few because he's obviously vaccinated. 
Those two guys are at the top. Alexander Ovechkin continuing his hell of a season, 50 points. This guy is not stopping. Russian machine never breaks, baby. Uh, he really has been awesome. Then a couple names, you know, right at the top. We'll just kind of go down to the top 10, I guess. Four, Jonathan Huberto, 42 points. Nazim Kadri, 41 points. Steven Samkos, our boy, 40 points. Kirill Kaprizov, 39. Johnny Gaudreau's at 37. Then JT Miller and Artemi Panarin both at 36, which is, you know, some of these teams are expected, but it's also kind of a weird list. It is, especially Nazim the Dream being number five. Playing great this year. Uh, Alex Ovechkin, we didn't mention, but he now holds the record for most power play goals of all time. He does. I don't know if I sent it to you. I know I sent it to my brother. I retweeted this graphic. It was this guy, like, he, he charted um, all the power play goals from the initial start going forward, so, like, by year. So, like, the 19, like, 17 season, you know, like, it's just, like, a bar graph of, like, ten the top 10 point, like, power play goal scorers in the league history. And then the names kept shuffling through, and you kind of got to see a girl, and you saw Vashkin move up there. It was kind of cool. I don't know if you saw it or not. I'll send it to you. It's kind of hard to just explain over words. I'll try to retweet on both broadcasts as well. Sounds good. Uh, then defenseman, you got Victor Hedman tied for the lead right now with Adam Fox. You'd love to see that out of the big man back there. Uh, Kale McCarr sitting at fifth with 28 points. Um, you know, the, the names aren't really shocking here. Uh, I would say maybe the most shocking is Shea Theodore, but he's kind of coming to his own. He's sitting tied with 25 points. Yeah. Shea Theodore is a very good NHL defenseman and is still underrated. And then rookies, Lucas Raymond at the top, Moritz Sider coming in third, but Trevor Zegras finding him w- his way in between the two. Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider are the two best players in the Red Wings already. Trevor Zegras, he's the best player on the Ducks already. These young rookies have really been all, especially these three, have been absolutely awesome this year. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to look at. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, do we want to look at goalies real quick? Um. Yeah, we could. Why not? And mention real quick for the goal scorers. We didn't bring that up real quick. I just want to really go over the top three. And I'll we'll go top five. Why not? Dry Sidles one at 25. Ovechkin's two at 24. Troy Terry's a third at 21. So that's kind of out of nowhere. Then Austin Matthews and Chris Kreider tied at 20. Crazy. Chris Kreider. Chris Crash Kreider. What a guy. Yeah. Let's move on to goalies right quick. All right. When you're looking at the top starting goaltender you got jack campbell right at the top a 186 goals against 939 save percentage through 23 games started he's got 16 wins jack campbell has quietly been a top five goalie over the last three four years he has been incredible now that he's getting the main starting duties he looks great he's just been very 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 good and he does not get anywhere near the love that he should yeah i, I think that's fair especially because where was he uh Dallas? He was drafted by Dallas, went to L.A., up to Toronto. L.A., yeah. He was in, over there in L.A., not really getting the full yeah. the full workload. But um, some other good goaltenders, obviously Andre Vasilevsky is going to be in there. Jacob Markstrom we talked about earlier on. He's been doing really well. Jonathan Quick having a little bit of a revival, although he doesn't really have the wins because he plays with the L.A. Kings. He's been doing pretty well. Um, Tristan Jari, Igor Shosturkin, all guys that are playing pretty decent. Igor Shosturkin is Already arguably a top five goalie in the league. Putting that out there. Wasn't, uh, it was Igor Shosturkin and Ilya Samsonov who were the two Russian goalies that everyone was looking forward to. Yeah, Samsonov has disappointed a little bit, but he's still only like 22. I was going to say, wasn't Samsonov the guy people were looking forward to more than Shosturkin? Yeah, I mean, everyone thought Shosturkin come over and be a great goalie, but Samsonov was first round pick, draft capital, looking like he got, you know, like franchise goalie type, you know, type of potential ceiling. 
And, you know, still, he's had some good moments, had some down moments. He's still a young goalie. He's got a lot of time to figure it out. And then one name that I wanted to look at because we were bashing him all last season and the season prior, uh, Sergey Bobrovsky, ever since coming over on that big contract, he really hasn't played well for Florida this year. Playing pretty solid, 15-3-2, and a 9-2-1 save percentage, 2-4-5 goals against. Quite a revival when you compare it to his last couple of seasons. Yeah, he's playing great, man. Can't complain about him at all. All right, well, that's going to do it for a little stats overview. Uh, going to go to a quick hockey name of the day, and then that'll be the episode. But stay tuned for the next episode coming out on Monday because it's going to be a fun one, and it is going to involve you guys. We're going to be doing a bunch of little um, pick you know, this or that, and then we're going to put that up as a poll. So you guys are going to be able to vote in 12 different this or that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, Chase, hockey name of the day. We've got a interesting name. Uh, I'm going to pretend that V is silent and go Sevalod Guidemac. Sevalod Guidemac. Say Volod. Save a lot. Volod. Save a lot. That's his name. Save a lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, okay, Volod. I yeah. thought I was going to get you on that. That was funny. Um, so, so save a lot. Guide a mock. I was basically there. Yeah, you're close. So, save a lot. Guide the mock is his name. Um, but, um, yeah. Um, save a lot. He is a Russian shocker. Uh, 18 years old, April 9, 2003, birthday. Playing in the OHL this year on the Ottawa 67s. You guys might recognize the name. And we, we still could have, I still could have pronounced it slightly wrong, to be honest. Like, you know, you know, Ottawa 67s fans, maybe you know it a little bit better. I but it perfectly. You pronounce it way off. I, I was pretty damn close. But he's actually a solid guy. His first year over here in, in the U.S. 14 goals, 7 assists, 21 points for 27 games. Someone that, you know, maybe he could be, like, by the time Drac comes around, a lower end. Draft pick. He was someone that you know had some consideration last year as an NHL draft pick after playing in the MHL and the U18 league a little bit for Russia, but nothing like world breaking. He, he he might be someone that we see in you know the international ranks one day. Gonna be a noticeable name from here on out, though. You know, if I ever see him in like NHL or something, gonna be a name I recognize because yes. of hockey name of the day. Uh, but that's gonna do it for the show. Chase, outro time. All right, as always, one thing I was listening. You can check us on Patreon, support us over there. We'd really appreciate it. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, that's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at Hockey Podnet. That's at Hockey Podnet. While right, I follow WMP on Twitter at WMP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. That way you get all the content you need on Twitter right there. Make sure you go to the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Find all the podcasts and network there. Boom, click the logo. That's an easy peasy lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, if you raise five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns. We'd really appreciate it. Wherever you do, don't forget to use code THPN when it's time for DraftKings. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.